namo tassa bhagavato arato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arato samma sambuddhassa bhutang dhammang sangang namasami good evening uh, somebody gave me a question Yes, uh, could you please talk about wisdom and understanding as they come up in different aspects of meditation? On wisdom, I'm thinking about the gradually developed part of recognizing what's what, like when one is meditating, developing self-views and opinions with inappropriate attention, but not recognizing it as such. And on understanding, I'm thinking about the suddenly opening clarity. The other day we were talking about how things seem impossible before understanding, but with a moment's change, it just couldn't be more obvious. About the first aspect, as it says on, on wisdom, it seems to be the more, that's something that gradually develops in our, in our practice over time. And, um, and so both of these aspects are very much to do for me with the uh, strengthening uh, of, of awareness, our capacity to access awareness and to um, allow it to shed light on the content of our experience. And it's certainly true, it seems to me, that it's... Uh, it's it's a case, or that's that's part of the experience of of, of practice, meditation practice, is that uh, the different perhaps self views that we have about ourselves, and I would include in that um, not just explicit self views that we have, but also the way that manifests through our different attitudes, attitudes uh, and, and, and our relationships to ourselves, uh, relationships to others, to so-called problems, you know, the way we. Re- re- relate to um, the situations in life uh, are, of course, all things, uh, patterns, you know, behavior patterns, if you like, uh, conditioning that we take with us into our meditation practice. Mm-hmm. It, it, it will manifest also in the ways how we attend to uh, our practice or what we call our practice, how we attend to our meditation object mm-hmm. or uh, the ways how we, we, we practice attention and also um, but all the kinds of things of what we are, what we are doing or not doing, you know, when we are sitting here and supposedly just do something as apparently simple as paying attention to our breath or our body or whatever our you know technique or practice is, you know? how do we relate to the perception perhaps that might arise that it's not working for us that we can't that we can't do it, or how do we relate to apparent obstacles you know, or things that happen around us or maybe. Uh, other people or noises or that, that, you know, if at all, if you qualify them as, as say, let's say, disturbances. Hmm? Or how do we relate to it if we, if we feel it's really going well, if you're doing well? You know, what comes up? You know, how do we feel about it? What, what perceptions arise in our mind and so forth? It seems to me that's part of the aspect of, of how practice and the practice of awareness um, matures and gets stronger. Uh, you know, and sometimes just very, very gradually and almost imperceptibly over a long time, is that we become more and more aware of all those kind of things. 
from just awareness being something that we apply, you know, in a very, in a very narrow kind of way on, on just on our meditation object, you know, whatever we initially picked up or learned, you know, say we, we think, okay, meditation is about paying attention to the breath or something. And so that's what we try to be aware of, and that's what awareness is about. So after a while, you know, if what we're actually doing there, if it works, um, then it's, it's an exercise. I mean, it's something that, that's, that, that's designed to, actually strength, to strengthen this capacity, capacity of awareness. You know, so that's obviously not only about being, becoming more and more aware of the breath, um, or more aspects of the breath, or for more continuous with the breath, but you know, whether that is happening or not, if you keep investing into this, into this uh, simple exercise of trying to cultivate awareness, of being aware, if awareness becomes stronger, then it's going to have certain effects. And part of that, uh, it, so it's, it's, not, it's not just a, a linear kind of thing, a one-dimensional kind of thing. Those are different aspects of awareness are going to get strengthened. And so that is going to, part of that is going to be that we might become aware of more and more aspects of our experience, of all kinds of things that are not necessarily the breath. We become more aware of how we pay attention. We become more aware of that apparent meditator that is doing the meditation and his or her habits and attitudes. It is something we maybe start to notice on those kind of things. And that happens sometimes, of course, the first we become aware of is in this sometimes very momentary experiences of increased clarity or sudden clarity. No, which, which, are, which are mentioned in, in, this, in, the, in the second part of this respect, the sudden understanding, sudden we see something, and say, oh, you know, well, what am I actually doing here? Or something, I never actually noticed that. And, and when we actually start to see something that we're doing, then, of course, suddenly the, open, the possibility opens that we could maybe, we can start to consider, or we, maybe we could do this actually also in a different kind of way. You know, how about if I do this differently, you know, or I suddenly notice maybe that I develop a tension around, you know, the way, say, I, I pay attention to the breath or something. If, if maybe I use the, the, the belly, or, you know, rising, falling of the abdomen. And maybe at some point in my meditation, actually, I'm starting to become aware that I'm, that I'm almost getting tense in the belly when I'm doing that. You know? And suddenly some ruling that's, oh, this is not just what is happening or what's supposed to be happening. It's, it's just, oh, it's maybe something that I'm doing. You know, and they say, oh, well, what about, is it possible to actually relax? You know? And then the whole experience of paying attention to the, you know, to the uh, sensation of the, the body breathing and the belly might change, all those kind of things. In my experience, it's something that happens... Um, Naturally, you know, like if you cultivate awareness, it's like you, you're bringing light, you know, like you're shining a torch on your experience, you're turning you know, a torch into the darkness in the mind, as it were, something. You know, so you start to see things. You know, and if you, if, you, if you keep practicing, this is like the light gets stronger. You know. And so, of course, if, you, if, you, if the light gets stronger, you start to see more and more things. And those are, that's probably a common experience, isn't it, for people who start meditate and who continue to meditate we start to see things that we didn't expect you know, or that we didn't bargain for. You know? 
<laughs> depending on what kind of ideas we come with to meditation. You know, we might have ideas about what we're supposed to be experiencing and what we're supposed to be seeing, what we're supposed to be developing. Or we might start actually to see all kinds of other things that we didn't expect. And some of the things that we might not like. It might be aspects about ourselves, you know, aspects of our character that manifest in meditation that suddenly or gradually we become aware of. They, they shift into the light, or our, our light, you know, shifts and suddenly notice. You know, the, the you know, the, the, the radius of the light from our torch widens, and suddenly things come into the light. And oh wow, it looks a bit murky under that carpet there, or whatever. You know? And then, ah, interesting. Hmm. And um, but it does help, of course, if we if we have from say from the beginning we we, we take that into account. If we, if that's part of our uh, our vision of understanding of meditation, that that is part of what meditation is about. You know? It's not just about becoming more and more proficient or, or staying with a particular meditation object or or to sticking and developing a particular technique, but it's about strengthening awareness and about seeing more clearly and becoming more and more aware of. Um, our self, our self-views that we are holding, that we might not actually be aware of, our attitudes, the ways that we relate to ourselves, we relate to life, to start to see. And so so then gradually um, to come to understand ourselves better and therefore then also to have more option, of course, and to become more wise in in, um, uh, the kinds of ways that we can relate to our experience. So the, um, the, the particular on the second aspect on the, the the sudden clarity that that can arise in a moment when before you know something seemed to be um, still um, impossible or we couldn't see again and if it's somewhat kind of specific specific way also has to do to me with the with the the clarity or strength of awareness in in that particular situation that we can access. And again, of course, this is something that we try, that we try to, to cultivate in formal meditation, to strengthen that capacity and our facility of access to awareness. But often, um, as you know, it is, that's, that's partly like how meditation can work or how you know, um, an aspect of meditation, if you've got, if you perceive yourself having a problem, a difficult situation, Instead of just trying desperately from, say, maybe a limited sense of clarity and a limited amount of information that you might have about the situation to to come up with the answer, it's often, if you can do that, of course, more skillful, disengage for time uh, from uh, the problem or thinking about it and cultivating just awareness of the breath or the body. Allowing the mind to come into a more state of more uh, calm and, and clarity, and then pick up um, a particular uh, problem or situation again and look at it afresh and think about it. And you really realize if you sort of think about it from a more calm and more centered and clear state of mind, we're going to have more clear thoughts and perhaps a different perspective about it. Mm. You know, if, if you are in a situation like that, it's like in front of a wall, isn't it? Face to a wall and be trying to get through this wall. 
And I'm always just trying to, the more, all the effort that we can make is just keep kind of banging our head on, and, and hands and arms and fists and feet against the wall trying to get through. And it's not going to work. It just hurts. Sometimes if we can remember to just, uh, this doesn't seem to be very fruitful, <laughs> not to, to apply our energy like that. Maybe we can just stop, center ourselves, calm down, then... Aha! Uh-huh. It might come to us. You know, it's, it's, sometimes it's a process that happens, of course, in, in meditation. Or if we sh- shift our our attention uh, towards awareness itself, yeah, that we become aware of ourselves and in front of this wall. It might occur to us to, to, to take a step backward, mm-hmm. and then we look at the wall again from a little bit more perspective, and then you know we might see, you know, in the corner of our eyes, that is somewhere over there on the left. There's a door, huh? and then we kind of remember what, ah, yeah, what doors are supposed to be about. And we say, oh, why don't we go through the door? Huh? And that's it's, it's often the, the situation is a bit like that, isn't it? This is when, when this happens that suddenly this understanding arises is that we get a totally different. We, either maybe we get a wider perspective, we get a more complete picture of the situation. Hmm? It gets a global view, if you like. You know, maybe we get more aspects of it come into into focus or into awareness. And usually it seems to be like that, that any kind of situation, if there's a kind of, if, you know, if you conceive of it if it's a, as a problem, as a dilemma, if it has a solution, then it is somewhat inherent, of course, in the situation itself. And so we just have to allow ourselves to come to the place where, we, where this can come to reveal itself. You know? And this often, of course, doesn't happen if you just keep banging away at it. It just often happens if you just allow you know, to, the mind to settle, to come to actually the, the, the most global, if you like, or most, most deep or, or clear perspective on And if you just notice that it doesn't, there isn't any solution implied, then it changes, isn't it? Because then we, do, we know, if, if you know this, there is no solution, then we're not going to try anymore. Then we just realize that this needs a completely different approach. And we just need to learn to be patient with it. Or we just learn that it's actually okay to stay on this side of the wall. You know, why do we have to actually go through the wall in the first place? You know, sometimes it's like that. You know? Or we realize that, uh, like Daedalus in the, in the labyrinths, isn't it? That, oh, there's no ceiling here, you know? So maybe the way out is up, you know, rather than, you know, rather than thinking horizontal. And we should we look at the vertical, you know, and then we apply effort into um, building wings, which is a very different kind of effort from trying to find the door. You know? And sometimes it just really depends. But to, to allow ourselves to get this kind of perspective, you know, we're going to have to. You know, allow our, our attention to settle and our mind to become clear in that way. And I think that's often that's what happens. That's sometimes what happens uh, in, in formal meditation. You know? And it does, does happen also, in my experience, that's, that's the way like in, in daily life. You know? And, of course, it does. Uh, I think that's how it's supposed to be. I mean, the cultivation of awareness in formal meditation is supposed to work. You know? The more effort we, we put into that, it... It, it does. It does start, of course, to spill over in you know in our activities uh, in life uh, beyond sitting on the meditation cushion. It just becomes more. It becomes more a resource or something that we naturally. Um, you know, it gets stronger, so that we incline to. And I, f- I find often, for example, if I do walking meditation, or sometimes I do walking meditation in the afternoon, and 
and uh, maybe I, I start to go out and I'm walking past and I've got something on my mind, some, something that you know, maybe doesn't feel very pleasant or I feel confused about or the problem, maybe about a relationship with, with somebody or, or some task or something I'm supposed to deal with and it just keeps reverberating my mind and just... You know? And uh, then just by being willing to be with that and just walking up and down my walking path, you know, for half an hour, an hour or two hours, an afternoon, you know, doesn't, of course, mean that hopefully, or, you know, it's different every time, of course. I'm not be thinking about it all the time, but for a while this might just churn around in the mind and maybe for a while one gets more concentrated on what one is supposed to be doing, you know, so to speak, you know, being with the body or, or the mind gets distracted into other things. But whatever happens, usually after a sustained period of walking meditation, afterwards I come back to the monastery and then if I... I just notice, I reflect back, oh, where am I now with this? It's just, often, it's just kind of completely shifted. A lot of that only has to do, of course, with, it's not just a clarity or an understanding that is just on, on the level of thinking, of an idea about something. In, in my experience, it has, has a lot to do with the whole body-mind experience, the whole embodied kind of experience. It has to do with how we feel about ourselves how we feel about the world, how we feel about a particular situation or relationship, you know, how we feel about it very strongly influences and informs us that, that, that supports, gives the energy to how we think about it. You know. So usually after this, I just say, I, I feel about it completely different. You know, it's oh, wow, I'm, suddenly I'm thinking actually very, very different thoughts about that person. You know. I, it's just something to do through a, a, a situation like that or of the meditation exercise that was, you know, during the period or just by just gradually, gradually kind of more energy uh, I feel like has shifted from the content of my experience from the, from the thoughts and the emotions about a situation to just the, the fact of being aware of what's actually going on you know, what I'm actually feeling what I'm actually, what I'm actually thinking you know, and just to be willing to be with this and pay attention and notice and after a while, usually it's, uh, I feel kind of much, you know, the center of energy shifts more into just being aware. And that has, of course, that has an effect on, the, on what is actually on, on the content mm. because there's a more clear, clear view of, of what I'm actually doing. Mm. It does happen like that, of course, sometimes with just this, with problems of thought. You know, it's often... Um, scientists or, or, or professional thinkers, you know, report on that, and I've never been a scientist, but I, I do remember a particular um, instance, a, a situation when I was trying to study physics, and I was kind of at home and was just trying to work out this, this equation, some kind of really complicated, well, complicated to me, a mathematical problem, and, and I put a lot of energy and, and thought into that, and I just got stuck at some point, I just couldn't get it, it was just, it was just beyond me, and my brain started, it felt like my brain was starting to heat up and smoke coming out of my ears. And at some point I just realized, you know, I just have to disengage with this. I'm just not getting anywhere. It was just it's like a motor kind of running dry, isn't it? And just getting more and more stuck, you know. So I just, I just got up from my desk and I went to the ice cream parlor around the block. Um, I mean, this was before I was a monk, you know, when I was a student. And... And on my way there, just walking along, I wasn't even thinking about the problem anymore. Suddenly, boom, you know, this formula, this solution just appeared. Mathematical formula appeared in my, 
in my head and says, wow, you know, where did this come from? You know, great. You know, just relax and don't think about it anymore, and there it comes. <laughs> of course, it doesn't work like that, you know, in, as a technique. Well, you know, it has to, you have to, of course, also recognize part of this has to do with the fact of the energy that one has put into it before, you know, really have, having actually thought about it hard and, and putting actually all the facts in there. But then at a certain point, you know, when, when, when one gets stuck to actually, you know, to get one's fingers out of it and just let it sink, you know, through the brain or the mind and whatever it is, <laughs> and let it work itself out, you know, and sometimes and when the, you know, right conditions are there and in a relaxed state of mind, suddenly a solution comes like this. You know? But, I mean, the, the, the point here yeah, for me was just that often in talk, talk in terms of practice, there's, of course, more involved than just, like, thought on that level. You know? It has to do also with the clarity uh, on the level of, of our, our feelings and our emotions you know, about uh, whatever it is, ourselves, others, our relationships, and so forth. Hmm. It's important you know, to see, for me, that when we have those moments of greater clarity, not to me, just arises that arise when we are when we have a more, to me, a more clear access to actually awareness of what is actually happening right now, rather than being entangled in our emotions and thoughts, is something that, of course, then will might inform us into to to act on it in a particular way that that, that might be unobstructed and helpful, and it's interesting. This is something that. Uh, our mind or that, that we will remember. It becomes a point of reference because it's, of course, important to see and that has to do with the, with the, the relationship about these this moments of clarity of understanding and the gradual, gradually developing wisdom. So it doesn't usually mean that we have kind of resolved this problem or conundrum or this issue once and for all. That's how it might sometimes, in the beginning, feel at the first moment. That, oh, I cracked it. No, now I'm seeing it clearly. This is what I'm doing. And this is what's unhelpful. Oh, and I'm seeing it. I'm just, just stopped doing it. And it works in the moment. So I can act. I'm unblocked. And I can act maybe in a beautiful way in some situation. But then usually the experience is, of course, next week or, or tomorrow or, or five minutes later, we, we seem to be back and in the same or a different kind of state of conflict or confusion and, and and just seem to be stuck in the same type of problem again. You know, or we've just seen through our way of how we got annoyed or angry about one thing and we've just seen through it. And then we just turn around and then get annoyed about something else. You know? Or we find, you know, that's, that's the next week we just work ourselves into the same kind of state of mm, problematic relationship to the same person again. You know, we seem to forget or just fall back into because, you know, all those things of the more unhelpful things, things that how we think and relate and feel, of course, often strong habits, you know, patterns of conditioning. Well, it's important to recognize that even that's the case, those, those moments are, are of clarity, of course, they are there and, and they, they, they register. So they do become a helpful point of reference, which if you pay attention to this, then of course they will help us in the future to maybe remember more quickly. Know, not to get entangled quite as deeply. You know, they give us more perspective. We know already, we see, oh, this is how it feels right now. But, but we know, we remember, I mean, we, there is a different way of relating to this. And we have actually been there, we have actually seen that. It's not just a theory or something from a book you know, or a good idea. It's something that we have actually experienced. So we can actually 
make reference to that. And that, of course, helps us sometimes even to maybe to ask ourselves the right kind of questions, to question our, 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 the way how we feel you know, entangled in our emotions in, 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 in the moment. Or if that doesn't work or doesn't help, at least to just be patient and invest, you know, rather than believing what we're feeling or thinking right now, to invest into the awareness and being patient and wait and see you know, what happens and when we come into a state of greater clarity. And so this is actually a process then, you know, this is a positive kind of feedback loop. And gradually it just becomes easier. And there is actually, it's not a kind of, always in my experience, a straightforward, you know, clear kind of progression, but there is a progress I think that we can experience, you know, hopefully, in, that, in, in our life, you know, over the years of practice. That's helpful, I think, then in, in various ways. It does, it does help us to, to, to recognize what are, how do we actually f feel, uh, what are these kind of particular self-views that we have or views about others, uh, attitudes that we have, how do they change in different kind of situations? And which ones are the ones that are actually more helpful? Which ones are the ones that are more wholesome? Which ones are the ones that arise when we're actually in, the, in a in a state of greater balance or state of clarity, you know, to be able to actually recognize that and remember and invest in those, you know, rather than investing in the ones uh, that seem real when we're really upset you know, or when we, when we feel really confused. That's what is this gradual, you know, sometimes very gradual and kind of long-term kind of development of, of the greater wisdom that we get a more of a perspective on that. No, just by going through the same loops again and again, there are some of those loops that we go through, of course, many times during a day, some of course kind of on, on a weekly basis or monthly basis, you know, uh, we revisit those different mind states and views about ourselves and the world and the others again and again. So we, if, you, if you see it again and again, then maybe we start to dis distinguish, you know, for how they change all the time, what are the more the helpful ones, but also uh, whatever they are, Maybe over the time we, we invest less and less in those different kind of messages and, and self-use and ideas that we have in the mind at all. You know, as Ajahn Chah used to say, isn't it? It's don't trust the mind, don't believe what the mind comes up. You know, what, I think that's, that is not what wisdom is. You know? And all of them are uncertain, you know, not sure. It's just, it's not that necessarily, even the good ones, you know, does not necessarily mean that those, those are the real ones. You know, this is just how you feel in that kind of situation. You know. The other ones, you know, are the way, they, how you might feel about yourself or about somebody else you know, or about the world in a different kind of situations. You, know, you just become more, you just notice all those different kind of versions that you have of yourself you know, and, and what they depend on. So we don't have to actually believe any of them. This is one of, one of the ways, or many ways, in which, you know, and of course, monastic life is very helpful for practice. And one of them, I think, is this, and it might also apply to you in different ways in, in lay life, I don't know, but the routines that we have, similar things that we do always at the same time. And we've always kind of, of course, a lot of variation as well, but there's kind of a, a strong kind of you know, structure of pattern of, you know, of, of repeti repetitive ways of things that we do. And that, that allows very much to see how similar things, similar mind states and, and emotions and moods arise. You know, always, well, at least that's how it's for me, you know, at, this, at the same times, you know, dependent maybe on, on, on very similar kind of circumstances. And for me, the way how I feel about myself and about the world and about the people I live with 
So very strongly depends on the time of the day, even. You know? And I, I know that from, you know, from, you know, from the years of just living here. Say, I do feel very different about myself and the world, by and large, at four o'clock in the morning, than how I feel about myself and the world and the people I live with at four o'clock in the afternoon. No. That, that's interesting because that's very interesting to know, isn't it? When I wake up early in the morning, there's usually there's certain types or kind of flavors to about how I, about the world and me and, and things. You know, and I, ah, I recognize that. Still, maybe just lying there, you know, the mind is still kind of half entangled in the dream world or something. It's, you know, it's just a certain kind of the mind is, is more vulnerable in some ways, and it? it has kind of advantages and disadvantages, and it's certainly very interesting to look at what comes up and how you feel about life then. And it's, it's not only very different to kind of four or five o'clock in the afternoon, once I've had a pot of tea, and uh, when, you know, in my case, I usually feel much more positive and confident you know, about myself and things than, than very early in the morning. But it's very different to even half an hour later, when usually I tend to get up I tend to do qigong kind of Chinese exercises before meditation, and say, you know, when I'm when I'm still kind of lying there on my back, and quite still, and then just feeling the body is of course very nice, very relaxed, it's still cozy, warm under the blanket, and just you know, notice what the mind is doing, what comes up, or when once I've actually decided, okay, it's time to get up, and just. You know, 50 minutes later or something, I'm you know, I'm doing my exercise, and a lot of that is like it's like just standing ex- exercises. So I'm just standing there, you know, and I'm still maybe thinking about the same things and contemplating. The body is very, again, it's very quite still, but it's standing now instead of lying down, and it's quite different bodily experience. It's much more energetic, of course, and the way I then usually feel in myself, and therefore the way I think about myself and the world is uh, very different, you know, it's just, and, and that's, that's, just, that's just very, um, it's just very good, good to know and just, just, to, just take notice of that so that we don't actually believe so much what is actually going through the mind, you know, what we think. Now that helps, of course, that's, that's part of what strengthens the process of helping to shifting you know, our attention to, to actually what is actually aware of the content about how I, how I feel, how I think uh, about the world. And, but even one step further, it's also not even, even that, not, not even to make a self out of an idea about those particular patterns, you know, that we can observe. Because, you know, I say, well, it's usually I, I feel different four o'clock in the morning to four o'clock in the afternoon. It doesn't mean that I always feel the same, you know, at four o'clock in the morning. It changes. You know, there's a certain range of things that I can feel. And even that, it means I don't I have no clue how I'm going to feel tomorrow morning at four o'clock. Or when I, whenever I wake up, I don't even actually. I can't even know. No, no, we can't know how we're going to feel. Actually, in a few minutes, no, we cannot know that. But we can be. We can just keep being aware of it and investing and be actually being aware of ah, how, how am I feeling right now, and how is feeling and thought? How does it, how does that how does it relate? You know? and, not, and not not to believe any of it, not to dismiss it. No, because it's quite important. You should just know those things you know, and see how it shifts, how it changes. And uh, the last thing I'd just, just like to, to add to that, I think this is very important, is, is this aspect that it has a lot to do, um, of course, with the, the effort, the energy that it invests into paying attention and to being aware. 
what's going on inside. But that's not all of it. I think lots also to do with how we act, you know, how we act on that and how, uh, on what we see. You know? Because if a lot of these attitudes, self-views, of course they have to do with how we relate to ourselves, to others. They have to do with concrete situations, you know, problems, so usually in that sense, that, that are relevant for practice. We can see for them like that. How am I supposed, what I'm supposed to be doing, what's the right thing to do in this particular situation? You know? And say, if we are maybe, we have conflicting intentions and motivations we are not clear about, no, we don't know what to do, we are obscure, and then, no, if, if, we, if we contemplate that, we stay with it, and then we have one of those moments where suddenly we feel we come into a place of clarity, no, there's a strong awareness, and suddenly we see, aha, this is the right thing to do. No, and we have this feeling of becoming unblocked, and then we move along and act on that. No, it, has a, it has a relevance in, in, in how we live and what we do and how we act. And then it's very important, actually, of course, to do that, to go along with what, what our, what, uh, say, maybe our, our insight, our understanding that's supported by the clarity tells us. And then to pay close attention to see how this feels. You know, if I feel I'm actually doing the right thing, that might have felt difficult, you know, just a moment before when I was thinking about it, what's the right thing? Part of me might say, well, I don't want to bother, I can't be bothered, or... If it's something that we perceive to be, say, maybe a difficult thing to do, that we resist, say, so why, why, why should I do it? And if somebody else can pick it up, or why always me? You know, the others don't seem to bother, you know, so why should I bother about it? And another thing says, no. And suddenly we say, no, but this is the right thing to do. Okay, right, so I'm going to do it. And then how does it feel afterwards? No, I mean, usually, Hopefully, I want you to see if what's the right thing to do. We usually feel good about it afterwards. So it's important to actually really note that and let that sink in. You know? So that because it, it works in the same way, it, it, it strengthens, of course, that, that clarity, that, that gradual increase you know, and growing of that, that wisdom, which is not just the wisdom that's in, in, in the head and the mind, but it's wisdom about how we live. You know? It has to do with sila. You know? And there's a wisdom of the heart. So that next time when we come into the situation, part of us is more likely to remember. No? I mean, the same dilemma, we're resisting something, we see, well, remember in the past, if I follow this, can't be bothered, how did that, how did that feel afterwards? You know? Or if I'd follow that, no, maybe I feel lazy or lethargic or, or whatever the reason is, or, or, or proud or, or something. Um, but I feel, well, if I... If I overcome this initial resistance, what, what happened if when I did overcome it in the past and I did what actually really felt like the right thing, oh, it felt good afterwards. You know, remember then. So what's then? It's a choice. It becomes more likely, of course, that I make the choice to overcome my initial resistance and go for the, you know, for the long-term benefit. Now I feel, oh, just, I'm likely going to feel good afterwards. And so this is, this is something that... Even if you might find you know, certain things, you know, the patterns, conditionings that we have, that we meet again and again, the same kind of resistance, the same kind of weaknesses that we might have and take you know, to be ourself, you know, our self-view. Uh, we notice that whenever we have actually overcome them, gone against them, and had, have actually consciously recognized how that actually, that actually felt good, gave us a greater sense of maybe freedom or confidence or feeling good about ourselves, it's going to become easier you know, to do that again in the future, I'm just going to start to realize that we are not such a fixed thing. You know? And sometimes you suddenly might actually notice there isn't any resistance at all. You, know, you just automatically do go for what, what seems to be the right thing. So 
So those are all kind of different different aspects or just things that came to mind for me when reflecting on this topic. So I'd just like to offer those.